Welcome to Elevate Podcast, powered by Fast Switch Sports Performance, where we focus on youth sports and athletic development. My name is Josh Gage, and I am the host of the show, and our goal is to help you navigate the world of youth sports and training. Hope you enjoy today's show. Hi, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Podcast. Uh, Today we are going to discuss uh, speed training, speed development, uh, probably the most important thing uh, when it comes to development in athletics, uh, the most important and probably the most misunderstood or uh, done poorly uh, aspect of training. So um, there's a few things to understand about speed training. Um, One of the things I like to tell people is that speed grows like a tree. So you have to constantly water it. It needs water. It needs sunlight. It takes a lot of time for it to become mature and develop. It's not something that can happen overnight, short periods of time. Uh, Some people are very inconsistent with training. Uh, And when it comes to speed training, if you're not consistent and doing it properly, you're probably not going to get faster. And a lot of times, the opposite can actually happen if you're doing things that are not uh, the proper things to do to develop speed. They will actually make you slower. So, uh, and this is cool because speed training is something that um, you can do at a pretty young age um, all the way up. And it's, it's the most coveted uh, aspect of training uh, that you can, you can have or that you can develop. Um, coaches want it. Um, everybody, a lot of times coaches will take speed, uh, somebody who's uh, an elite runner or has, possesses speed uh, but low skill. Uh, a lot of coaches, depending on the sport, would take that player uh, or that athlete over somebody that has uh, is is not fast, but has a higher level of skill in that sport. So I, I know most people that are going to listen to this are going to understand that speed is important. There's just this uh, this blankness, this uh, un- this misconception, this don't know how. Uh, how do we get it? What do we do? And, and then a lot of times when that happens, they just start doing things that they've heard or they've done in the past uh, or they've seen on uh, Instagram or YouTube. And so I wanted to give it like just a, a quick, uh, couple quick points around what speed is not, what speed training is not. So to help out uh, the athletes and the parents and the coaches that are wanting to develop speed, or that they're taking their kids uh, to uh, somebody who's doing speed and agility, but they can kind of look out for some things that, uh, it's, it's probably not speed training, true speed training is probably not gonna work. It uh, doesn't mean it's not gonna be helpful, but it's, it's probably not gonna make them faster. Uh, so it'll give them an understanding of what to look for. Also coaches that wanna include some speed training in their practices, and they can do it uh, effectively. So uh, the first thing that you know I want to talk about is w- what is not speed training. So speed training is not conditioning. Conditioning is working on energy system development. So that's very specific to the sport. Um, depending on rest times, uh, 
the how often you're sprinting, uh, when you're jogging, uh, you want to try to mimic conditioning of an athlete to the demands of the sport. That is not speed training. So if an athlete is tired during a speed training session, there is not going to be speed development happening. So in order to run fast, in order to get faster, you have to run fast. So there is there is no jogging when it comes to speed training. Uh, so jo- yeah, exactly. So going for a jog, intervals, um, timing uh, the rest in between, any of those things are not, that is not speed training. So uh, that's a huge misconception and it is the most uh, poorly, uh, or actually the most common mistake that happens with speed training is coaches, parents, they go out to the park, they're at practice, okay, we're gonna run wind sprints or we're gonna do, but they're tired. And tired is is the enemy. So uh, we do not want our athletes to be tired during sprint speed development and training. Um, the other, uh, another thing that speed training is not speed development. Not to say that this isn't helpful uh, but it's just a, a kind of a common way that uh, time is wasted with athletes uh, is just being too technical too early. So you'll uh, there'll be a speed coach or somebody who understands like good positions. They understand um, what it's supposed to look like when they start. They understand um, there's all these drills for those of you who have done track like A skips, B skips. Um, wickets and uh, postural uh, type stuff that is good those are not bad things but when it comes to true speed development that's probably not going to get you any faster that's way down the road and too specific and um, time is is better spent elsewhere so if you have a coach or you're going to coach your athletes and you're looking up track and field videos and there's a bunch of track and field drills for youth athletes or even high school athletes, college athletes, you do not want to spend majority of your time doing those small drills or talking about training or a technique with sprinting too much. It's going to detract um, and they're going to not get faster. Um, So there's two things right there. Being tired uh, during a sprint speed development session or overcomplicating it with drills and uh, even watching videos or uh, anything where it completely slows it down and they're not getting exposure to high speed sprinting. Um, So there's there's two uh, ways that speed training can go wrong. and it's, it's really tempting, I think, for coaches to want to keep things moving. Um, a lot of times, any speed training that I've seen, or I've even made this mistake in, in the past with training and working on speed, is parents bring their kids to learn speed. And when a parent that doesn't understand these things watches, and there's not a lot of movement going, there's lots of rest, um, there's really very high intensity, so there's not like circuit type stuff going on or the kids look they don't look tired like that 
for some reason to parents is they want to see their kids tired and they want to see them working like the grind, the whole concept of like pushing through pain and all that. That is not speed training. So there's a little bit of a friction when a coach does it the proper way and parents see it. They do, they possibly could lose business because a parent doesn't understand what true speed training is. Um, so uh, that, that's kind of something that um, to educate parents and coaches like, yeah, you want to obviously like if you're running a business, you want to cater to some of that. But if you're really looking to get your athletes faster, you need to not make compromises. Uh, but I can easily understand how it can happen. Um, if it's slow, it's not speed training. So tired makes you slower. Um, now let's talk about what is speed training. Speed training is consistently running fast two to three times a week running above 90% of your top speed. Now, how do you know if you're running 90% or above your top speed? There has to be some way to measure running that fast. So at Fast Twitch, at, we use electric timers. And since doing that, we have seen a dramatic improvement in people's speed. Uh, Stopwatches, handheld stopwatches, are too inconsistent and can create discouragement or you can um, think you're going fast enough, but you're not. Um, so it's very highly encouraged to get electronical time, electric timers that are very uh, specific. Um, you can record the times. Um, it's very motivating to athletes uh, to run fast because if you're not running your fastest, once again, you're not speed training. So it does not, you do not need a lot of exposures to these um, high speeds. Uh, so two to three times per week, you're gonna run around four to five full speed sprints. Um, now, depending on the space or the field size, you want to do, uh, we do uh, because of space, space the, the optimal is doing like a five, 10, 15 yard run in and then timing for like a 10 yard flying five or flying 10. Um, we do flying fives with like a, a run in just because of space, but that's still effective. Um, yeah, we always encourage our athletes to get out and, and hit uh, higher speeds. And sometimes we do that outside of our facility uh, as well. So two to three per week running 90% above your top speed. So the only way you know you're running fast enough is if you get a baseline speed of your top speed. Now, the great thing about speed training is, in sprinting, is you can do it all year round, in season, out of season. It's very encouraged to do it year round, two to three times a week of four to five sprints. And those sprints all need to be timed. You have to know how fast your athlete is running. You cannot eyeball it. I've seen people run sprints and think, man, that looks really fast. And then I will put the timer up and it just wasn't that fast. But also I've seen some people with some weird running form. It doesn't look too smooth. And then you put the timer up 
and it's really fast. So there's only one way to know that, and that's by timing your athletes. Uh, it's the old, the old quote, what gets measured gets managed, and that is really important in the speed world um, and trying to get faster. We, it's actually, for strength and conditioning coaches and people that lift weights, it's really easy to know you're getting stronger, and it's, it's built into the culture of, of weight. It's really easy to document. Like I did last week, I did 10 reps with 100 pounds. This week, I did 10 reps with 115 pounds. So we're just not used to doing that with speed training for some reason. We have, it's always been a handheld and it's something that we only do once or twice a year. We run, you know, run a 40. I'm talking about in the industry, uh, but it's, it's just the research is too clear and too many really smart people are using this, these methods and seeing amazing results. Another, uh, another thing to note around speed training, when you're doing it two to three times per week, all year round, you're going to uh, you're going to protect yourself against injuries. There was an old thought, and I've had this thought that sprinting high speed is is a risky thing to do because people could get hurt. It's actually risky not to sprint full speed. If in a game you get in a situation where you need to run full speed. Your body needs to be used to that speed of contraction. And if not, that's a lot of times when muscles or injuries happen. So it's it's actually like a, a vaccination against injuries while doing it in season. That's also another fallacy around speed training is that it should only be done out of season. Um, and that is not true. There's really good research. Um, a guy named Les Bellman um, has some really good interesting uh, statistics around this, around teams that have done speed training in season and have actually gotten faster, which before it was never thought that that was possible. But just getting those high speed exposures is just super important. Um, so when it comes to speed training and development with youth athletes, all the way up through high school from kids to high school, sprinting is probably the, mo the most important thing to have your kids participating in. High speed sprinting, all out sprints. Um, and then, like I said, two to three times per week, four to five sprints each time. You can do it all year round and you wanna time them. Um, now, with that said, um, there are some other things, you know, just, it's not, that's gonna be your biggest tool to get faster is sprinting full speed. And we've kind of talked about that. Now there are other things obviously that will help an athlete get faster. So let's talk about those. So in the weight room, uh, you know, when it comes time to start adding resistance training, a lot of the movements in the weight room, traditional weightlifting, squats, deadlifts, um, et cetera, are, uh, vertical. Now there's a vertical proponent in sprinting. Um, it's, you know, outside of the acceleration phase, you kind of body starts coming upright and becomes vertical. So it's vertical exercises are good in the weight room, but there's too many of them. And a big part of sprinting, especially acceleration is horizontal. You're pushing forward. Um, when you strike the ground, you're creating uh, force 
going horizontal. So it's really important, especially when you're in the weight room, to think about adding some horizontal force development exercises. The best one is resisted sprinting. So sled work, um, harness. Uh, we at Fast Wish, we have a run rocket um, where we put athletes on. Um, we actually time them doing that so we can see that they're getting uh, more powerful. But it, it helps them develop horizontal force production, which is really important. Um, there are others. Um, building uh, muscle, tendon strength, uh, building the framework around a strong athlete, tendon strength is also very advantageous, but it doesn't translate quite as much as you would think or once thought. So sprinting full speed, doing horizontal resisted runs are the two biggest things you can do. All the other muscle development exercises, lunging, squatting, uh, very helpful, very good for a lot of other things. Um, we're not just training. Uh, we're not just training sprinters on a track. Um, they have to be athletes that sprint well. Uh, that's are fast. That's what we're trying to create. Um, so, the other aspect, uh, uh, an important thing with speed development is plyometric drills. Those are very reactive drills. They're bouncy. They're your jumps. Um, there's a lot of names for it. Um, there's, you know, plyometric, there's uh, reactive athlete, there's a twitchy athlete. People have a lot of names, but um, bouncy drills, jumping, those are all plyometric. Um, so what you want to focus on with your plyo drills are uh, a lot of unilateral, sprinting as a unilateral exercise, or uh, a sprinting as a unilateral uh, movement. Uh, you're striking the ground on one leg, so you need to do a lot of single leg, uh, and you need to do um, a lot of horizontal movements. So moving forward with your jumps, broad jumps, single leg hops, um, that type of thing. Um, the uh, couple other things around speed development um, when it comes to uh, like the weight room um, out on the field is like I, I can't hammer home the importance of being fresh. You need to be fresh when you do your plyos. You need to be fresh when you're lifting heavy weights. You need to be fresh when you're sprinting. You cannot be in a tired state. Otherwise, you are not training speed. So you have to be bouncy, fresh, lots of rest. Um, you don't want uh, a workout to make you so, you shouldn't be super sore uh, going into your speed workout. So you want days in between another workout. These are all considerations in order to maximize your uh, ability to develop speed. So um, now a lot of people have this question for me around other sports that don't, you know, they're not field sports, it's not, it's not American football, it's not soccer. Uh, it's not track and field, basketball, they're not running as much or at all. So swimming and golf, for example. So sprinting, running unresisted or resisted sprints, but unresisted is the highest level of nervous system output that you can do. It's the number one biggest stimulator of your nervous system. And 
that alone will make you faster in the pool. It will make you able to access more musculature at once and have a quicker impulses to your muscle to be able to develop power, whether that is in the pool sprinting or it is swinging a golf club. Sprinting is, it is the tide that lifts all boats. So if you do not, if you're not uh, actually a running athlete and you are uh, participating in a sport that you don't run as much, sprinting still needs to be a part of your program. Uh, we sprint every day at Fast Twitch with our athletes. And the difference we have seen is we track all of this, all the metrics, sprint speed, vertical jump, strength numbers, has gotten significantly better since we sprint in all of our athletes every time. So in order to get faster, you must sprint. It's It seems too simple, but the cool thing uh, about that too is nobody has time to go over every detail around sprinting. Exact foot placement, knee height, body angle, arm pump. The, the best part about sprint training is it's self-organizing. So what I mean by that is it doesn't take, it's not coach intensive. So when you time somebody, a kid, when you time their sprint and they run a time that's not very good, okay, then they run another one and another one. Over a period of time, the ones that, wow, that was a good time. I ran well on that one. Their body, you do that enough, their body starts to remember what it was doing to run that fast time. It, your body's amazing and it will adapt. And over time, they will start to look, the shapes that they're moving in will be the best shapes for sprinting. Shin angles, body torso lean with acceleration, where they strike the ground. I'm not saying if you don't coach some aspects of it, but it is self-correcting and it is really effective and we've seen this time and time again. So, I'm gonna leave you with a few closing statements around speed training. Number one, speed is a skill. It was long, in the past it was considered like, look, you're either born with it or you're not, and there's no way to change that. So you couldn't develop speed is what the old thought was. That's, that's not true. Everybody has a different ceiling. I'm not saying that everybody has the potential to run as fast as Usain Bolt. What I'm saying is the, the amount somebody can change it, that was once thought is actually greater. So it is a very important thing for an athlete to spend time doing is working on their speed. And like I've, I've shared in this podcast, athletes need to be sprinting two to three times a week, maybe even four. Uh, there's a saying by Tony Holler. He says, sprint as much as possible, as fast as possible, as fresh as possible. And I think I got that right. But basically, like, you need to be sprinting year-round a lot, full speed. And you must time it or it's not sprint, speed, sprint work. You have to know how fast those times are. And you have to be sprinting as fast as you can. So that means you have to be fresh. It helps 
all other sports performance development. Um, it's 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 the there's a, a, a saying, and this is probably more for uh, uh, football, but there's a saying that says size or size hurts, but speed kills, and that's the truth. Speed is the ultimate, and in any sport, getting from point A to point B faster is going to be better. You're going to be a better athlete. You're going to have more opportunity. College coaches are going to want somebody who's faster. Um, so those are two kind of things. Um, you must be fresh, so you cannot be tired. I've already kind of talked about this. Um, it's there, There's just not enough good things to say about uh, running full-speed sprints often. So... Would love to hear uh, feedback and questions around this. Um, anyway, it's been a good one. I have a lot of passion around speed training uh, and helping athletes develop speed. And we do that very well at Fast Twitch. And would love for anybody who's interested uh, to come check out how we do that. Uh, and hopefully this was helpful to coaches, uh, trainers, uh, parents, athletes, anyone who's looking to get faster and develop their game, elevate their game to the next level. Thanks, and have a great day.